Radio family, Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 28 of the Ukromedia podcast, where I serve our Ukromedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is a 3D ninja, Sevra Ohea. Sev has been working in this industry for over 20 years. You've seen his tutorials on workbench.tv, and he is a frequent flyer on lesterbanks.com. Sev, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro. And tell us a little about your personal life. Um, well, uh, I am married. I have two boys who are <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, I heard one and three, right? Yeah, one and three. Or so no, sleep, I'm sorry. Sleep is out of yeah, the window. Three, yeah, yeah. It's it's the the little one sleeps. The other one wakes me up at like five thirty. Uh, That's not too bad. You can live with that, right? It's not too bad when you're not working late. This, yes, yeah. that's a, yeah. that's problematic. Well, yeah. you know, if it makes you feel any better, my both of my kids they didn't sleep through the night until they were like three. Well, the the, the youngest one is two, so he's still not sleeping through the night. But they would usually wake up three to five times every night, man. So that was oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's just say it, it, we, I'm glad that one of them is sleeping through the night. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, listen, I had Joe on episode number twenty three and. I, I, I think it was number 23. So for those of you, if you want to listen to that interview, just go to ukamiya.com slash 23. And I learned that you and Joe work together on projects for a company named Yellow Dog Party. Now, what what a cool name, by the way. Now, there has to be a good story behind the company name. Where did the name come from? I don't know it, actually. Joe is... I'll have to Joe, get Joe Joe's, on. Yeah, that was... Joe Joe was the, the one that came up with that name. Yeah, that's... uh. So it, it, we kind of... Ended up both working out of that because um, as we worked together in an in an office for a while, and we had a bunch of bunch of people in there, and we were kind of a collective. And uh, our lease was up, and they decided to go to the other side of town, and we decided to kind of just join up and do stuff together. And then we kind of worked out of his converted garage. That's pretty cool. Kind of, yeah. A lot of dreams in America start out of garages. So there's, there's yours right there. How long have you guys been doing, uh, working together out of this garage? Um, out of the garage, it's been three years. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. Well, listen, yeah. let's start. Let's go ahead and dive into your journey as a creative. I want to hear, how did you get started in your field? I started as a video editor, strangely enough. I was, I was in college for animation in Miami. I'm originally from Miami. And, uh, just looking for work, I just kind of found a job as a as a video editor, um, and I'd, they'd come. I'd come in and you know do little little jobs here and there, and then I started doing um, weekly promos for. Uh, oh man, what what is that? It was at the time it was MGM Family Channel. It's a Latin channel. I don't know what it is now. I don't know if it still exists. I'm not sure, but we used to do <laughs> weekly like we used to do weekly promos, uh, one or two promos a week. I did that as I went kind of through school. You know, it was it was a good experience to learn how production works, how things in the real world work as I was going right. through school, you know, kind of taught me that I needed to continue to, to learn and continue to uh, grow as I, you know, continued. And then when I graduated, uh, I worked at a place uh, here in town. Actually, I worked, I, I moved here specifically to work at a place that did um, broadcast graphics for um, television stations. Um, news news packages is what they did, and I worked there six months, and I left because it wasn't. I kind of came in as a junior, and I really like I just basically fresh out of school, and I didn't get to do anything really. So uh, I I had a friend who was working at another company, and he was he had been 
he had been let go and the opening was there. So, uh, I, you know, I went in and I, and I interviewed and they had, they already knew me cause we, since we were friends, I had been in, in their office a couple of times and I, I started working, I started working there like, I think like two weeks later. So, uh, that was a long time ago. I moved, <laughs> moved to Tampa in 1998. Now, were you working at that company as a video editor? Uh, no, I was working as an animator. Oh, so that you transitioned to be an animator. Now, how did you become, how did you dabble into Cinema 4D and all that stuff? I started actually in Lightwave. And in, and in school, they taught, they taught uh, what did they teach? Electric image. <laughs> 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 That's a long time ago. Um, they taught, yeah, they taught electric image and everything was, when I, start, when I started animating, I took like as many, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm like, I love to learn. I just, I don't know why, but I can pick up software pretty quickly. So as I was going through school, they had like an elective to do like power animator. So I learned that while I was in school. And um, when I went to the first company, they had just gotten Maya. Nobody knew how to mm. use it. So <laughs> really, since I wasn't really doing anything there, I just spent that six months learning Maya, and then when I went to the went to went to the to the other place six months later, they um they had Electric Image, so that's what I that's what I worked on till about uh, Electric Image and and Lightwave, and then I did a couple projects there in Maya, and then I didn't touch Maya again for like probably about four years. I learned uh, I learned Cinema 4D around the, around that time as well, and we were doing projects in Electric Image. Lightwave and Cinema 4D, and then I I kind of slowly transitioned out of Lightwave completely, and I just started just doing Cinema 4D. You know, it's interesting how how people evolve to where they are now. You know, you start out as a video editor, then after or the motion graphics, and then 3D and all that stuff. It is interesting because people only think, for example, in college, they're like, you know, I'm gonna stick with this field only. But I think it's helpful to explore other areas as well. It gives you a, a better perspective on the field and then you can carry over those hundreds and thousands of hours of skills learned elsewhere to yeah. that particular that's that's what shapes like your style because a lot of some people that are heavy into motion into graphic design become really have like a, a certain style you know what i mean and so it's yeah. it feels like everyone i talk to they all have this kind of unconventional way of how they got to where they got and you know how do you still edit video or would you say that's something a thing of the past yeah from time from time to time i don't i don't you know I, tutorial stuff we i i edit but for the most part i don't but that background honestly that background helps you do everything because it teaches you like to me it taught me taught me how things go together how timing works how you know position of camera from one shot to the next you know like things like that like they're they're invaluable you know to me too like school you you can only learn so much in school one curriculum but two i think school is like one of those things where you get what you give kind of you know and if you don't like if you don't put the time in aside from what they're assigning you if you don't like you know put a lot of time into it then you're not going to get as much out of it as you know you would if you were forcing the issue you know like and it's like that across the board. Yeah. I think it's yeah, like that agreed. even at a job. It doesn't matter where, even family relationships, you get out of it what you put in. And if you're, you know, you can go through college 
and not get an education. You know, you can work for a job, not learn anything. And yeah. yeah, So I guess when, when you're, wherever you are, be faithful, what you have and get the most out of it. And it's true. Like every little thing that you do, it kind of compounds over time and you, you kind of carry over those talents to the next thing. Like right now I'm doing podcasts and I'm learning a lot about audio processing, editing and all that stuff, how it all works. And it is interesting. It's something that's only going to help me later, you know, with video production, sounds going to be better. So it's, yep. it's good to acquire as many skills as you go, because at the end, it's like you have more weapons to work with, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even if you don't, you know, use it, you have that knowledge, you know, that this is how this works or, you know, because working with clients, you all, and even working for yourself, you always run into like that little thing of like, oh, you know what? I know what this problem is, or they're having an issue or, or something, and you can at least speak from some sort of knowledge, you know, versus not knowing at all. Hmm. And, you know, and speaking about new skills earlier, uh, you started doing tutorials. How much yeah. did that help you in your, in your creative field? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, um, I started, started doing, doing tutorials because I was like, okay, you know, there's, there's always like this knowledge and I always find myself like looking for stuff. Like I'm always like, oh man, I did this like six months ago and I can't remember how to do it. So I'll go back and I'll look at it. So I decided that since Joe was doing all the, all the tutorials, I thought, man, you know, be really cool to like do tutorials about stuff that I do on a day, on a day to day basis, you know, production type stuff that you really can't find a tutorial for, or it's like a little snippet of something that, you know, can be used in like 20 different ways. It's like the, you know, I, I find that it's like the Swiss army knife, you know, where you can like use it for a lot of different things, but it's just the tool. If you know how to use, if you know how to use the tool, then you can use it creatively. No. And it's interesting. Like after, um, I think it was James Aldrich, or I follow this guy who has a great podcast and he always talks about how after like he reads a book, you only retain like, I think like, 2% 2% of the information, the rest goes away. But he said, if you take time and you record, like take notes from what you learned, like three things that I learned, got out of this book. If you take time to record it, it will forever kind of like be in your brain, you know? And I think it's the same thing with tutorials. Once you do something every day and you constantly always have to look it up, but once you take time to organize it and to teach someone, it's like it goes deeper into your brain, your subconscious. And now you, you understand it and know it better. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I agree completely. It it helps. It also, I think it also kind of forces you to, because you're trying to teach someone else, it also forces you to research it even a little deeper. Like, you know, like the other day we were working on, I was working on something that, that involved a bunch of like clones and I was, couldn't figure out why, why one thing was happening on one end and one thing wasn't happening on the other end. And I figured, like, I sat here for like an hour trying to figure out why why it was happening. And it ended up being like, it was just like extra knowledge that I didn't know, like how they order the clones or in this particular case, like how they order the clones in a certain, they're in like a certain order. Um, just things like that. You just like pick up. No, totally. And something else that I'm struggling with right now, and this is when you told me, you you know, it took you like an hour to figure out is something is, is time management. Like that's something that I'm struggling with big time. I feel like I've mastered several other skills, but I can't seem to master time, like the calendar trying to, I don't know, give a proper time to every task. How, how do you manage your time? Do you, are there any tools that you use? Is, is there like a tactic or technique that you apply every single day? 
I'm really bad. <laughs> I haven't mastered it. It, it. The thing is that, you know, when I'm working, as long as I can stay focused and not distracted, I'm really pretty good about it. I, gen- I generally tend to like when you like bid jobs out or whatever, like you tend to like add time to it, even though you think, uh, you know, and I know for a fact, I know a job's going to take me like two hours or, you know, two days or whatever. I know that if I say three days, I'm safe because if something happens in the middle there, right? even if it's something that I normally know how to do, that way I can like problem solve or make something better or make something cooler, you know, like that's how I deal, how I deal with, deal with time in that, in that regard. But I don't have a real, like, I have a calendar and we put like jobs that are coming in and how long, you know, how long the job is for, but that doesn't account for clients. And in this business, unfortunately, you do a lot of stuff where the client will be late to get you stuff Mm, or hurry up and wait kind of stuff. Right. But they don't want to wait. So the deadline is the same, but now you're starting two days later. So you kind of Mm. time management thing, you know, kind of becomes an issue. Sometimes you have to be very flexible, but something you touched upon was this, uh, under promise and over deliver. That's definitely, if you want to play it safe under promise, but then at the end, you know, over deliver big time for sure. Now, speaking of clients, I'd love to hear, well, it doesn't have to be clients, but I'd love to hear your worst moment as a creative. Man. Um, don't hold back, man. (laughs) (laughs) We had, we, you know, it's probably going to be the same story Joe gave because we dealt with the, we dealt with a client that, you know, and in hindsight, ever since then, we learned not to take jobs on that we have that feeling about. But we took on a job that we kind of got pressured to do. It was kind of a like, we need a decision like right now, you know, we're in the meeting. We're like, uh, so we kind of took it. And then from that moment, they became like the most mm, good word to say for them. I I don't want to say spastic, but they were like, needling us for stuff like immediately like and we had already told them that we weren't going to start working on it for a couple of days and you know at that point we should have said you know what you're gonna have to find somebody else but we didn't and we continued on because that's you know we're professional and that's your you know unfortunately that's that's your your reputation is your professionalism really and um we continued on and and started the job and then it basically led into the to the client sitting here for the entire day in the wow. basically sat in a chair like like if we were like little kids that's making sure that we were doing stuff. It was a very uncomfortable situation, and wow, that was probably the worst situation. You know, I've I, listen. Yeah, I'm in a create. I'm in a. I have the philosophy. Of I'm in a create. I'm in a business that I'm a. I'm a commercial artist. I'm not a. I'm not a fine artist. I'm a commercial artist. So. You can't really offend me. You can't really, you don't like something. Hey, you know, I understand that's, you know, I know that you're trying to get something across, you know, so those kinds of things happen, but you know, there's situations that are just really uncomfortable. That was one of those situations that was very uncomfortable. Now, what did you learn from that experience? Uh, When I have that feeling, don't take the job. (laughs) Uh, That's true. You got to follow your gut feelings. You got to follow the gut on that one. Um, The other thing too is like sometimes you run across a client uh, like a job that feels too good to be true. Like it's like, oh, we have all this, you know, we have this money 
and it's really only it's really only this. It's really only like it's really only an edit. It's never really only an edit. Right. At least not in my and not in my experience. It's never really only just this little thing, because <laughs> for whatever reason, it turns into something else, and you know whatever. It, yeah, it's never less. It's always more. Like if you think like if you think that it's going to take you this much, you you better add more time. If you think the client's going to be this needy, you probably want to yeah. multiply that by two because it's never less. It's always more. Yeah, Chris Doe actually a, a couple couple. I, I want to say like maybe a, a month or or a month, man, like a year ago or so was talking about how when you're doing a bidding out a job, you should add like 10% for this or 20% for that or whatever. And it's a great philosophy because there's like this unknown aspect of job bidding that sometimes you just kind of get that, like, I don't know where this is going to happen. So I'm going to add this amount of percentage to to the job just so that I know that I'm safe and I'm not like, right, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make a living and you want to cover your time. But, you know, you also want to make money. No, I definitely. I yeah. definitely relate to that. And dealing with clients is something that not everyone has a skill for. And I'm so glad that I went through the serving industry. I was a waiter for many, many years because you really learn how to deal with people. So if you really struggle with clients, I highly recommend just getting a waiter job part-time and just uh, see if you can master it. See if you can read people's minds. I'm telling you, after working in the industry as a waiter for years, you start almost reading people's minds. You can guess what they're going to, if they're going to tip you, you can guess how much trouble they'll give you. You already know, okay, this table probably needs more work. This table needs less work, but it all comes from experience and client yeah, work agreed. is definitely experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about your best project that you worked on to date. My best project that I worked on to date. I've, I, um, man, oh, there's so many, so many good projects. Um, I honestly cannot put my finger on one. I, it, you know, that's, it, it's, it's funny. I don't, I can't really put my finger on one. You must've had a lot of them, man. That's, that's a good problem you to know, have, right? Yeah. We've had, you know, it's, you kind of, I kind of feel blessed in that aspect. You know, there's a lot of, again, it's part, it's because I've been doing this for so long that, you know, you kind of just, I, I don't know, you jump from one job to the next and sometimes you just don't see you don't see what you did at the end or something like that. You know, like you don't really like, you don't really realize it until afterwards. And I don't really, I don't know. I don't tend to reflect on, on jobs that way. Gotcha. I can tell you one that I was kind of, I was really excited about doing like a couple of years back, a couple of years back, I did, um, I did a job for the, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks through an ad agent, through one of the agencies here. Nice. Um, and I got to do like these giant, um, Man, they I think they're like 40 feet tall, but I got to do like some 3D like smoke and cannons and stuff for their billboards. And then I got to do like the commercial spots as well for that particular year. And that was a that was a lot of fun. Not enough time to work on it, unfortunately. It's it's kind of one of those things. It just happened like the client was really bad at telling you dates of stuff and then when you finally got, you know, when they finally got through their thing, they was like, okay, we need this like at the end of the week and it was like not enough time to work on the spots. So, but it was a good job. Like for me, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's the hometown team. It's the hometown team here. Right, right. So it's kind of cool. Are so, you a big fan of, are you a big football fan? I'm a 
I have two kids. It's kind of hard to be a fan of pretty much anything. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of them. I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's probably better. You know, no time wasting watching two, three hours football on the weekend. Now, speaking of kids, you just mentioned kids. Next question is perfect for that. Now, how do you balance work and personal life? I, I try very hard to, um, (laughs) to give them as much time as I can. I tend to, uh, because I work for myself, I can tend to schedule myself around. So what I do is I try to try to work four day work week. And during those four days, I don't see them a whole lot, but I try to be home, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when I can. Sometimes jobs don't allow that, but uh, I do my best to try and do that. And that's how, that's how I balance it. My wife, thankfully, is, God bless her, is very understanding about uh, how time works and stuff, as, at least in this business. So she's, you know, we've been together long enough that she understands, yeah, he says he's not going to be here. He's <laughs> not going to be here. So, And it's true. You know, I think it's best to just allocate quality time where it's undivided attention. I'd much rather have two, three days with my kids, undivided attention. Then, you know, throughout the week, one hour here, two hours there. So yeah. I, I guess when you work, work, when you play, play and don't mix the two because that never works Yeah, well. yeah. It's it's a hard balance though. I mean, I I struggle with it all the time because there's, you know, you, you still have to answer, you know, because I work for myself. So you still have to answer emails. You still have to, you know, mm. do those little doesn't things. go away. No, it doesn't go away. And, you know, even when you're, it, honestly, even when you're on vacation, it happens where you like, you know, will get an answer or a question or whatever. But like, you know, this is what it is. Like we take a summer vacation. We, you know, I, we try to take a summer vacation every year. And um, sometimes because this business, I, for us, for some reason, we're super busy in the summer. Like generally January and February, we're not super busy. But starting March, we just become super, super busy. And um, it ends up being like right during summer vacation. So sometimes we'll have to work, you know, a day or two while we're on vacation, you know. Now, how do you guys get your clients? I'm curious. Do you guys have like a, I don't know, are you part of some kind of business networking group or what do you guys Um, get your leads from? We are not. We are, we kind of, and actually, you know, we're still trying to build, you know, build our clientele, build a little more business. But, you know, we have, we have a couple clients that we get a lot of work from that keep us, you know, really pretty busy. And then, you know, you just get word of mouth clients from, you know, just like the stuff I did for the, for the books that came from one of our clients talked to somebody else who referred me to them. And then that's kind of just how that happened. I think for the future, it would be nice to like, probably get you know somebody that's like actually actively bringing us projects because the way we handle things now you know we're not re- working directly with the with the particular vendor who's getting the video or getting the animation or whatever and i think because of that i think that we have to deal with a lot of a lot more i, I don't want to say <laughs> i don't want to say bullshit <laughs> right. but you kind of end up having to deal with a second another layer where if you were direct direct a client, I think you could be a little more creative. You end up having a little more budget and a little more time to do things. Whereas, you know, the other way you kind of end up like, they kind of end up having to like deal through the hoops. Although, although our clients are great, the ones that we, we currently have are really good and really understanding about 
how long things take. And like us, in a way, they understand the creative process and they understand that, you know, you do get clients that don't understand it. And I think that's the one thing when you're working directly, directly with a vendor, I think you'd probably end up a lot with a lot more of that where they're like, they don't know the process and it takes twice as long. That's that they don't know the process. So you add 10% or 20% because they're not sure what's going on. So <laughs> that's always fun. Now, yeah. I want to ask you this question because you, you said something earlier. You did go to college. I'm curious, yes. how relevant is college these days? If you had to start over again, would you would you want your kids to, to go to college? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I, and again, it, it goes back to what I, what, I was say, what I was saying to you earlier. It's what you put into it. You know, college is what you put into it. And if you don't, if you're not a person that feels like, you know, feels like you need you, you want that or you need that. Like, I think, you know, and especially coming into this industry, I think you could, you could come into this industry if you're really creative and willing to learn on your own. If you're like a self-starter, I think you could do, you could do that without, without question. You could definitely do that. So that would be a conversation I'd have to have with them to see what, you know, what their motivation you know, level is. What their what motivation is. Like one of my kids, the older one, is like, he's like super, super smart, is like constantly like, I can tell that he's going to be like a very like learned person, but he has like so much energy too because of that, <laughs> that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to deal with in a classroom and stuff. I'm not sure. Time will show, so, right? Time will show. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you have a morning routine? Do you follow like a strict morning routine that helps no. you throughout the day? I wish I did for a long, I did for a while and uh, we had the second child and that's gone out the window. That's out of the window. And I haven't been able to get, I haven't not been able to get back to that. You know, he's only just starting to sleep the whole night now. So, yeah. So, it's just has, it's been difficult. It's been really difficult. But man, and I, I can relate know. to that, especially with my kids not sleeping through the night. And man, I'm telling you, I tried to have a morning routine for a long time. And I see videos of you know single people just like, yeah, I have this morning routine. It's you know, it's what makes me so successful and blah, blah, blah. And I tried, but then once you miss three, four hours of sleep, you know, two nights in a row, forget about morning routine. You're just trying to, you're just trying to survive as a parent. Survive, you know? exactly, yeah. You go into that yeah. survival mode, and after that, I'm like, in that I'm survival mode to, today. <laughs> and me too, me too. I'm not, I can't say that you know I feel great today, but hey, it's not about how you feel, right? If we if we relied on our feelings, man, boy, things would be yeah. things would be interesting. Yeah. I just yeah. go with what needs to happen, and I try not to think about you know how terrible I feel. <laughs> so yeah, but anyway, share one online resource that you found helpful. One online resource, um, you know. I actually wasn't a big YouTube fan for a long time and I found it's like, it's really useful. Um, that's, that's really useful. And then I honestly, the, the software manufacturers all have like, you know, forums and stuff and those become really, really useful as well. Those are kind of the two things, you know, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier that like, you know, I think if you're coming into this business, you have to be like willing to learn on your own and be really be really like to last, to continue to be in this business. You have to continue to learn and continue to evolve because otherwise you will be sitting outside looking in really quickly. Yeah, you'll be a dinosaur. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Now, and last question, man. How can people get in touch with you, man? In touch with me? Well, let's see. I'm really bad at uh, website because I don't have one. <laughs> uh, you can look me up on Vimeo. Uh, I have quite a bit of work up there on Vimeo. Um, and also, my, you know, you can contact me through there. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Severo Ojea, I believe. <laughs> and I'm also on Instagram as well. Yeah, that's I'll, probably a good I'll idea. I'll include the link in the, in the show notes. All right, well, Sev, listen, man, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm so happy that now I had Joe and I have you. So that that's pretty much concludes yeah. the workbench.tv people. So thank you so yeah, much for your for time. Yeah, for sure. Man. You're welcome. All right, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sev Rohea. Make sure to check out Sev's tutorials on workbench.tv. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at ukromedia.com slash 28. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects Expressions, or you can go there directly by going to ukromedia.com slash expressions. Also, we just recently launched a brand new modular lower third template. Check that out at ukromedia.com slash shop. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ecomedia Podcast. Bye-bye.